The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. crystal light into a sea of dew. Where are you going and what do you wish? The old moon asked the three. We have come to fish the herring fish that lived in the beautiful sea. Nets of silver and gold we have, said Winkin, Blinkin, and Nod. The old moon laughed and sang a song as they rocked the wooden shoe, and the wind that sped them all night long ruffled the waves of dew. The little stars were the herring fish that lived in the beautiful sea. Now cast your nets wherever you wish, never afraid are we. So cried the stars to the fishermen three, winkin, blinkin, and nod. All night long their nets were thrown to the stars in the twinkling foam. Then down the stars came from the wooden shoe, bringing the fishermen home. T'was all so pretty a sail it seemed, as if it could not be, and some folks thought t'was a dream they dreamed of sailing the beautiful sea. But I shall name you the fishermen three, Winkin, Blinkin, and Nod. Winkin and Blinkin are the two little eyes, and Nod is a little head, and the wooden shoe that sails the skies is a wee one's trundle bed. So shut your eyes while mother sings of wonderful sights that be, and you shall see the beautiful things as you rock in the misty sea, where the old shoe rocked the fishermen three, winkin, blinkin, and nod.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are in the Sandman lullaby. Wow. That background screech. Here on RPA, yeah, that's the Real Paranormal Activity Network. I like to thank each and every one of you that have been uh, constantly hitting that button, button, buck. Is it a button or a button? Button on the RPA Network, checking out all the shows and making us an award-winning. I think we were voted top fifteen paranormal podcasts of two thousand and eighteen. So. Uh, since it's getting close to to the end of 2018 i thought i'd bring in all the way from texas the man the myth the legend you could hear him you could hear the popping of the phone terry is that you that's me terry's phone is just popping everywhere this is mr terry davenport he uh does terry's mysterious moments on the RPA network, he does the what he usually calls the brain scratchers. And uh, lately, you've been doing a lot of stuff on uh, haunted hotels. Yeah, I did. I did eight or nine shows on haunted hotels. I'm I'm done with that for right now. I want to look ahead in the future to doing international hotels. Really? But uh, I I went with some that I. I knew people knew of, and then others that I knew people hadn't heard of much before. So, but um, you know, I've been collecting stories for years, so my mind's a warehouse of now useful information. Well, what what got you into the area of the paranormal itself? I mean, uh, you've been doing this for years. I know you used to be a security guard. And uh, you yeah. worked you worked in a place that you uh, saw hauntings in in itself that made you wonder what was going on. What really got you really interested in the paranormal? Well, to be honest with you, I was raised watching not horror films, but the old classic fifties kind of films where you had to sit on the edge of your seat and hold on to your popcorn. Uh, I'm not I'm not into slasher flicks. Uh, you know, the Halloween movies didn't really key me up, and Freddy Krueger's just not my cup of tea, but I remember the old stories, like the old classic uh, uh, 13 Ghosts. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it was William Castle did that one. That was just... I saw that in the afternoon one day when I got home from school, and it scared the bejeebies out of me. But... Uh, I grew up in a house that had some activity, and I would stay up late at night. My mother made a deal with me. She said, you can stay up as late as you want, but you have to get up and go to school the next morning. Okay, that's a deal. I can handle that. <laughs> and uh, besides, I could always sleep at school. Um, but uh, I did that, and, and from about the age of eight, I was staying up late watching movies and talk shows. And a lot of the talk shows at the time were in the paranormal realm. They were talking about different things that were going on. And uh, it just got me interested. Where, where were you born at again? I was born in a small community in, in Central Texas called Rockdale, but I grew up in a little town called Lexington. And you're currently living where, in San Antonio? 
I am currently residing in San Antonio, not by choice. Is there a difference, do you think, in the residency of uh, the paranormal compared to San Antonio to, from where you were born? There, There is simply because there's, you know, the greater Hispanic culture here in San Antonio. Right. Where, where I'm from up in Lexington, we had two Hispanic families, and they both moved. Um, <clears throat> but I, I grew up with a lot of German folks. And they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of paranormal uh, concept in their in their raising. So, what do you think the difference? Uh, do you do you notice any difference between your your dreaming from where you were born and the San Antonio area? Uh, actually, I don't dream down here. You don't dream, and I, I just. I don't dream in San Antonio. Really? And I didn't, yeah. I, I I haven't dreamt probably in 30 years with the exception of a couple of times that I can remember. What do you now, think I, the reason I, of that might be? I I don't know. Uh, satisfaction with life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I really don't know because I try to direct my dreaming. To you know, to help me to go to sleep, but it usually fades out after just a few minutes, and I just go off to sleep, and I'm in la la land, and you know nobody bothers me. Well, let's go. Let's go to when you were a child. What about when you're a child? How was you dreaming when you were a child? Oh, I had nightmares. Oh, and right. I'm number six of six kids, so I was a nightmare. So, um, so give me an example of what you probably experienced when you were a kid. Okay, my, my biggest continual nightmare, and this was, I mean, continual. This was almost every night. I would dream of a wide, wide open, white space. No horizon, you know, no, no skyline. And then I would hear rhythmic, like drumming or footsteps. And it would get louder and closer and rumblier. And then... I would just see this herd of something come up over the horizon and thus make a horizon. And then I would wake up and I would, you know, I would come out of it. I would be okay and I'd go back to sleep and be okay for the rest of the night. But I don't know what would cause that. And when did this actually start slowing down from the normal dreams that you had? Uh, That particular dreaming concept stopped when I probably got up around 10 or so. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And nothing. And, uh, go ahead. And and nothing since then. Nothing of that type of dream since then. What about your? Uh, how many children do you have? I have no children. No children. What about your wife? Does she still dream? She says she does, but it's not really. 
it's kind of like watching uh, a comic strip. She says it, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just something that happens. And uh, I, I asked her once we talked about doing this show. I asked her about her dreams, and she says that she doesn't have dreams of her family, uh, like a lot of people talk about uh, contact dreams. Right. And I have never had one about my family at all. Well, what do you think happened in your life when you turned 10 to getting older that might have uh, put a hindrance on your dreams? Did reality kick in? Uh, reality in the country. Eh, that's something new. Um, I really don't know. There there was not a lot of things that happened when I was 10. Uh, we, we bought a gas station, and my father had retired from his job at Alcoa. And then we ran the gas station. He died at the gas station in 1972. And at fifth, in fifth grade, at, at the age of 10, I just basically gave up on school. I didn't care anymore. And it's not that I wasn't intelligent and didn't want to learn. It's just that I didn't want to learn what they were teaching me. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of put in my own life of, of education and, I'm happy. What about your subconscious? Do you think something happened in your subconscious that might have put a hindrance on it? I don't think so. Um, like I said, my father didn't pass away till 1972. Right. Um, now, my mother passed away when I was a year and three months old in 1961. Uh, then he remarried about six or eight months later. How was your relationship with your uh, father and your uh, your stepmother? Oh, great, great, great! Mom was, mom was a fifty-year-old lady who had never been married. Right, didn't have kids of her own, and Dad stepped in, and she married him, and um, she was, she was mom. She wasn't anything but mom. And um, I only use the term stepmother to indicate that I did have a biological mother, and it's not like a slam against her you know it's not like, right right oh, you're my stepmother you know um we had a very good relationship she was a christian lady so we we lived a quarter mile from church so that meant that every time the doors were open we were there you know so uh very very nice nice life growing up what about your spiritual ascendance uh you because i know you're uh you're a very spiritual person uh how does that develop within working in the world of the paranormal? You know, that's that's a really good question, and it's one that I haven't really come to terms with within myself. But I do know, I said, when I started getting into this, I said, people ask me how I can believe in ghosts and be a Christian. And I, I remind them that there are ghosts mentioned in the Bible. Even even if it's Old Testament, it's still, you know, the Spirit came back and talked to Saul and said Saul was going to die because he had he had gone against what God told him to do. Well, if that happened in the Bible and they mention it in the Bible, then it must be a thing that does happen. Um, it's also guided my my viewpoints on certain things like angels and giants and um, 
you know, giants are mentioned in the Bible, giants are mentioned through history, and they are finding archaeological evidence of larger people, uh, larger civilizations, um, you know, and I mean larger as in they're taller, they're bigger, they're heavier. And um, so, you know, it, it just kind of coincides with what's being found. So, What do you I think? What do you think that goes with also with uh, in the area of stuff like uh, UFOs? UFOs, I, to myself, I, I've had two experiences. Uh, three at the, at the strangest outside. Um, but two actual visuals of unidentified flying objects, and they are exactly that to me unidentified and flying and their objects right are they, are they are they inhabited by little strange looking fellas I don't know I don't I don't really hold to that idea but that's just me you know I I don't think there are any any other civilizations outside of earth and and I put that back to my spiritual belief that I'm I'm worried about Earth because the Bible seems to be worried about Earth. You know, it 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 relates to earthly people. It relates to earthly situations, and it doesn't talk about any other out there. So I'm not I'm not all that worried about all that. Was it during the day that you saw these objects, or was it during the night? Um, one. I was sitting at a drive-in theater in Rockdale, and I saw a large V-shaped object slowly float over the top of the viewing screen, of the movie screen. And apparently nobody else re- you know, responded to it. But a friend and I were watching a movie, and we looked up at the top of the windshield, and here's this V-shaped object going over the movie screen. And... The other time, I was actually going to the movie theater, and it was not quite dark. It was after sundown, but it was not quite dark. And I saw a very large, bright object on the above the horizon, and a smaller bright object shot out of it and then came back to it. And when I went to, to try to see it again, I had passed some trees and I lost sight of it. You lost vision of it? Yeah. What about the, uh, you said you've seen uh, not full apparitions or anything like that. What about uh, spirits or encounters that way? Was that during the day or was that that during the night? That was during the night. It was in my bedroom here where I'm sitting right now. And I describe it as looking at a movie that's being shown through smoke where the, the image just kind of filters up and, go, and goes away. And it was a lady wearing a, a high-necked, kind of lacy neck gown. And that was it. That's the only time I've ever seen something that I could identify. Did any uh, dreams occur after you had these encounters at all? No, actually, uh, nothing. Uh, I'm like, they leave me alone. And that's about it. So I uh, I have minuscule momentary dreams. And it's it's really just like 
maybe something that happened during the day gets replayed. And that's about it. And it just goes just like that. So your 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 uh, your sleep is it usually a, a full eight hours sleep, or is it like a six hour sleep? Is it periodically broken up? Uh, I can go from as little as two hours of sleep, uh, because sometimes I just get insomnia, and I, I I may have slept too long the day before, and I'm not tired and my body really doesn't need it, so I don't sleep very long, and then other times I can go 14, 15 hours. Is it like a blink of an eye when you wake up? Is it like I just went to sleep and all of a sudden, boom, it's daytime? Or Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's really disgusting when you wake up and realize the whole night's gone. You just, you just missed it. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's just how does that actually work, and does that actually affect you because a lot of people think that uh, a lot of scientists think that you need that REM sleep to basically yeah. process things and I'm just wondering how actually it feels to basically just close your eyes and before you know it boom you're it's it's time to get up again is you, are you feeling rested yeah yeah I am uh, I I have sleep apnea so I use a, a an apnea mask uh, a CPAP machine and that that does help me sleep well, and it helps me sleep soundly. But um, um, as far as getting my REM sleep, I mean, there there are times when I can wake up two hours after going to bed and think I've been asleep all night long. Wow. I'm just wondering how, how that would actually be. Because me, I... Well, there, there was one weird time when I got in from junior college. And when I went to junior college, I lived at home. Right. Because I just wasn't interested in moving to college. And we had a bus system, so I could ride the bus back and forth every day. And I was only an hour from college anyway, so if I needed to drive, I could. I got home on a Friday afternoon, about 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I told my mother that I was feeling tired, so I was going to go take a nap. So I did. And when I woke up, it was brighter than when I went to bed. So I got up, and I walked in and asked my mom, Mom, how long have I been asleep? She said, since Friday evening. I said, what time is it? She said, Sunday evening. (laughs) So I slept for almost 48 hours. Wow. How did you feel when you woke up? Still tired? No. Actually, I was I was ready to go, but I went back to bed and went back to sleep and slept well for that night and got up the next morning and went to school. Have you ever used any medication to go to sleep or anything like that? I did once. Uh, when I was 17, I had an accident with a rifle and shot myself in the knee. And... Uh, I was in the hospital for a week and a half. I had knee surgery. They put me in a cast, sent me home. I got out of the hospital the day that Elvis died. I knew he had died when they started the announcement. Um, But um, when I had that cast on me, and then after I got the cast off, there were times when I had sleeplessness. So I bought some, uh, oh, what was it? It was... A very pot, oh, nitol. 
Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Nitol was a very popular... The 24-hour coma medicine? <laughs> yeah. I, I took one pill, and I experienced sleep paralysis. Oh, you experienced yeah. sleep paralysis when you took it? Yeah. So how was that? And that was scary. I never took it again. So what happened? Give, give, give me a story with that. It was just your... No, it was, it was just that I couldn't move. I mean, it was literally paralysis. I tried to get up, and I couldn't move. I couldn't move my arms, my legs, anything. Excuse me. And uh, there was no dream attached to it. There was was no fear except for the fear that I just could not move. Did you see see people moving around you? No. No. I did have... I did have one of those really odd occurrences when I still lived at home where I woke up and saw a hooded being wearing like a Dracula cape standing beside my bed with two red-eyed wolves beside him. And I don't think that was during my binge drinking times. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but literally, I, I crab walked backwards off of my bed while I was screaming. And my mother was in the next room over, and she never heard a thing. Wow. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if you just grew up too quick with the, with the passing of your mother, which I'm sorry to say. I'm just wondering if basically that just kind of stunts you a little bit going that direction. Well, I don't know that I've grown up yet. <laughs> well, no, no, that's no, that's a good viewpoint. You know, none of us, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you stop growing, you cease to exist. As long as you're growing and evolving, no, that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. Uh, in well, the, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, in the realm of dreams, where do you think actually the realm of dreams comes from? Uh, uh possibly your belief system. Um, you you see things you wish for, you 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 dream things that you want to be happening. You know, then you know if you're satisfied, maybe you don't need dreams. Right. True. True. Okay. Well, since we're reaching to the almost the end of this, I want to ask you a quick question. I'm not sure how actually you're. Uh, if this will actually go in the direction since you're having a hard time dreaming, but if you had the ability to basically meet anybody in your dreams from your future or from your past, who would that person actually be? I would like to meet one of my great, great grandfathers. Why would that be? Who was, you never had a chance to, uh, have you heard any stories? Well, I know that both of my great-great-grandfathers, my great-great-grandfather Davenport and my great-great-grandfather LeGlone, both fought in the Confederacy. Right. And they both fought the entire Civil War. And one of the, the great-great-grandfather Davenport fought at Island Number 10 in the, in the Mississippi, outside of New Madrid, Missouri. Right. And when that island was captured by the Union, he was taken up north to a, a prison camp, but he escaped. 
and he came back home to Mississippi. But my great-great-grandfather, Lebron, was already in Texas and joined a group called Walls, Texas Legion that, that fought in the defense of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And when, when Vicksburg was surrendered, he was paroled back to Texas. And when he was paroled, they were not supposed to come back to fight, but they did. So I would just kind of like to, to meet them both just to find out what their thoughts were on the whole situation. Terry, your phone is just going all over the place. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. I, 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 I'm, I'm just watching it. It's just, just flickering all over. I think something doesn't want us to talk. <laughs> you know, it, it may be because, this, like I said, this is the room that I saw the vision. Right. That I heard footsteps, that I actually had something try to talk to me one night. Right. And uh, I don't know. I, I think my property. No, I, I See, like right now, it's crystal clear. I mean, yeah. I can't. I can't even hear the biggest pause or anything. I'm looking at the screen, the monitor, and it basically shows the modulation of the voices that we're doing right now. And yeah. listen to that; it's crystal clear. But as yeah. soon as you started talking about stuff, see right there. Now it's starting to pick up again. Yeah. Well, can you leave us alone? You know, I gotta. I got a chill going up and down my arm. I wonder if it's actually trying to say something. Uh, I wish it would. I've asked it a number of times to talk to me. Um, I think there was actually a murder or a, a, a suicide on this property in the years past because I heard a gunshot one night in my bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and it wasn't a loud one. It was like a twenty-two. Just a little pop. Yeah, uh, it was loud enough, believe me. 22s are loud enough, and, and mine was too when I got shot. But um, after that, the activity in the house calmed down for a long time. Well, see, right now it's crystal clear. I mean, yeah. it's just crystal clear. So if the listeners are actually listening, and you might have picked something up during this broadcast, if you hear something in the background besides Terry and myself talking, Please let us know. You you got Terry's mysterious moments, and you know this would probably actually this goes right into his genre, of what he does on his show, and uh, yeah, right now it is just so crystal clear. And when as soon as you start talking of certain things, boom, it just starts getting so much static. I just can't understand the difference of it. So yeah. while you while you see there it goes again. Yeah. Terry, this is actually sending chills up my spine real quick. Seriously, I, I got I got goosebumps going up and down my spine. Hey, I know you have a chance to talk about whatever you want to do on your show, but I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you give a message, or maybe the thing in your room might want to give a message yeah. to uh, the rest of the people in the RPA area. So I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you give you your closing comment. Go ahead. Well, um... I'm sorry, I don't really have a lot to talk about dreams, although I do believe in them. I've had a few 
uh, I had one that I call prophetic, but I have no idea what it meant. Uh, then I had the one with the, the, there we go. I had the one with the vision in my bedroom, or two visions in my bedroom. And, and uh, I just, I'm in, I'm interested in all sorts of things. Like people having, people having their own experiences I want to hear about. And I just, I just get a kick out of it all. So, you know, I, I try not to be, you know, judgmental on some, some stories, but I have to be, you know, because I just can't believe it. But that's just me, you know. And I really wish this thing would let us talk. It's going to show up somewhere. I'm going to listen to the replay. I'm going to see if it actually said something. Hey, Terry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sexist here. I think it's a woman and she don't want me to talk. <laughs> My God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget on Monday you have uh, – I'm going to turn this down a little bit so I can do the final right. spiel. Uh, don't forget on Monday you have uh, – Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with your host, Aaron Hunter. Yeah, he basically tells you the stories that you send on in on Tuesday. You have Aaron Frail, and he does Aaron's Horror Show, and he basically talks about horror stuff because Hollywood basically stinks. And on Wednesday, you have Terry's Mysterious Moments with his ghost inside the room that won't let you yep. won't let him say anything that he thinks might be a female but uh on <laughs> every other thursday when i get in the studio to pull somebody up and see there it goes quiet again and uh we do the sandman lullaby it's a phantom cast here on the rpa network terry hey man i appreciate you for uh calling in and uh Dude, dude, you have a great show. I mean, that's one of the reasons I basically listen every Wednesday, because you always have something different. Well, I appreciate that. Anytime. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, channel of all ages, they got quiet. They don't have nothing to say. So, while we have a stall going right now, I'm saying bye to Terry, and you have been in the Sandman Lullaby. See you next time. Ha, 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 ha.